0: Welcome to The Daily Grind with Jen. I'm your host, Jen Hernandez. I've got my cup of caffeinated goodness here, and I am ready to get to it today, friends. So I thought that for today, I would give you guys a quick Team Hernandez update, just kind of letting you know how we spent our Thanksgiving. And then I do want to spend a little bit of time just kind of following up on what I talked about last week. So last week, I shared with you all some of the restrictions that have been Impacting religious services here in the state of Washington. Uh, While we were out celebrating our Thanksgiving, a very recent uh, U.S. Supreme Court case came out. It is called Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn, New York, versus Andrew Cuomo, Governor of New York, on application for injunctive relief. Uh, And a couple people had asked me, just like, hey, you know, what impact do you think this is going to have for Washington? So I just kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about that case and explain, you know, what's similar and what's different about it as to what's going on here in the state of Washington. Then we will wrap everything up with the verse that has kind of been on my heart today that I just wanted to share with you guys. So jumping right into it, this year for Thanksgiving, it looked a little different for Team Hernandez. Actually, it looked a lot different for Team Hernandez. Uh, given some of the restrictions that were going to be on gatherings or in-home gatherings. Team Hernandez decided to take their Thanksgiving to the Great Wide Outdoors and we went camping. Uh, It was just the four of us and the dogs. We went to one of our favorite campgrounds, to one of our favorite campsites that was thankfully available, and we had an absolute blast. It was uh, something we had never done before. It was cold Oh, yes, it was cold and it was wet as well. But uh, the kids, the kids had a blast. So instead of kind of bemoaning or thinking about what, you know, what was different or what we couldn't have, all four of us commented like multiple times throughout the weekend, like, oh, my gosh, like, this is so much fun. This is so great. Uh, at least for me, it felt like just a much needed break so one of the other things about that location that you know good bad or otherwise it it just kind of is is that i get uh, sometimes one cell signal sometimes i'll even get two in some areas uh, and zero internet like there's no wi-fi there's no internet you can like buy wi-fi from like the clubhouse for like a, a dollar a day which is you know Super cheap, but it only transmits at the clubhouse and doesn't go out to the campsites. And we actually uh, had tried to get uh, Wi Fi codes to send up our Thanksgiving message to y'all on Thanksgiving, but uh, hey, our, our authentication code wasn't working. So y'all had to wait until uh, we came home for that. Uh, and at one point, I will admit, I did have a moment on Thanksgiving where I truly thought that we were giving the Griswolds a run for their money and that like we, you could have done a movie <laughs> on how things were going. It was cold, uh, there was mud everywhere, and I forgot the deep fryer. So one of the things that our family does every year uh, is we always deep fry a turkey, and we have very nice... Uh, deep fryer, it's it's huge, but it is an indoor outdoor one, meaning you can use it indoors or you can use it outdoors. It's very contained. It's 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 you know electronic, and so it's easy to maintain, like the correct temperature. You don't have to worry about like an open flame or anything like that. So we love it. We've had it for years, and I forgot it. I didn't even realize I forgot it until. Uh, Thanksgiving morning, I was just kind of, you know, running through my head, all the different things that, you know, I needed to take care of and, you know, kind of timing it out, you know, when we're going to do everything. And I realized I forgot it. I cannot believe I forgot it because I spent, and I'm not exaggerating here, like 20 to 30 minutes cleaning it, getting it ready to come. And uh, yeah, we got home and there it was sitting on the kitchen island, all shiny and bright, just waiting to be used. So we, we talked about it. We voted on it. And the decision was made that we would make everybody's f- like favorite camping meals on Thanksgiving. And then when the hardware, sto- hardware store opened on Friday, we would go there and we would buy an outdoor uh, deep fryer. Because I saw that they did have some in stock with my one cell bar, I was able to, after several minutes, get the page to load and, and, you know, realize that unfortunately they were, they were closed on Thanksgiving, but we still had like a great meal. It was super yummy. The kids had a blast. I also gave them their first gifts of Christmas. So, um, Yes, I got everybody matching Christmas pajamas. <laughs> um, I, I'm that mom. And Mike was a good enough sport that he even put his on to, uh, which I I greatly appreciated. Because, you know, the kids get a kick out of it. We, you know, we're all matching and stuff. So that was kind of fun. They also got like a little, you know, stuffed animal as part of their first uh, gifts of Christmas just to kick off the season. And then the following day, that Friday uh mike and i well mostly mike was cooking up a storm oh my goodness we both commented afterwards uh, a couple different times like we couldn't believe it this is the exact same meal that we do for thanksgiving every year when we serve like a herd of people and like there was zero compromise um well, I take that back. There was one minor concession. So normally I do bake all of the pies. In this instance, because we were me camping and just kind of limited time and space, I did purchase pies in advance. and that. But that was the plan going into it. So, but in terms of like, quantity and quality of what we eat like nothing was compromised in fact we both had said like some of the things were were better than normal like the ham was incredible the mashed potatoes Oh, my goodness. Like They were phenomenal. Uh, and, and we like sweet potatoes also, so we had that. I'm a big fan of the green bean casserole. We had that going on. Uh, and then we had, uh, like I said, all of the various different pies. We had, you know, the kids wanted their special, you know, rolls and biscuits. They also wanted their special uh, cranberry sauce. It, it's a cranberry sauce that I make, but the kids call it jam, so special jam. And we, ha- we had everything, and it was so wonderful. And no one really seemed to mind that it was not on Thanksgiving, which I was very grateful for because I felt at one point like, oh my goodness, I have I ruined Thanksgiving. Uh, But they didn't they don't no one seemed to care. We just you know, they just really wanted to hang out together and have fun and spend time together, which is what we did. So um, yeah, it was it was good. It was a great trip. I mean, I do hope in the future that we can, you know, have the larger gatherings. But that being said, like, I would totally not be opposed to making this like a new tradition for us. I really enjoyed Getting away and being with just Mike and the kids, just our small little core for me so much, the holidays have always been, you know, I really enjoy like those big, large family gatherings, which, you know, can be a lot of work to prepare for and, you know, to clean up afterwards. Also, Uh, I do. But I just I love getting all of the family and the extended family together, it's so much fun. So I was surprised that I found so much joy in this, you know, much significantly smaller gathering. And so much, in fact, that, you know, I'm like, hmm, this might be something to consider for the future. Uh, again, just because it was such a great experience. So we do still uh, plan on doing, at some point in time, a Thanksgiving with uh all of the kids when that is something that is possible. It's just, it's not a possibility right now. Um, But overall, Thanksgiving was a massive success. I think so in my book. Um, But I did want to go ahead and switch gears for y'all just uh, and talk a little bit about uh, that U.S. Supreme Court case that I had mentioned in the opening. So I had gotten a call from i don't know if he i don't remember who called to but i was talking with my dad and he had uh, asked me about it and then mike and i were also talking about the keys as well so we were like i said out in the wilderness and i didn't have an opportunity to really know much of what was going on i just got like this one t- tweet that managed to come through you know indicating that there was this you know Supreme Court case that had come out, but I wasn't too sure about it. So it wasn't until uh, just the other day when we finally got back that I had a chance to kind of go through and look at it and read it. So I guess to make more sense, uh, I'm going to back up just a bit. Uh, For this, I think we're launching into week two now that additional restrictions have been on in the state of Washington in regards to religious services. So here in Washington, the restrictions have to do with to some degree numbers, but in, in, a, in a greater degree capacity. So depending on the capacity of a building, you can have 25% capacity or up to 200 people, whichever is less. Um, and then the other portion of it is uh, no congregant singing. And there are, you know, you have to wear masks throughout the entire time. And there's some uh, other smaller things that are also restricting that. You know who can be on stage and and how many people and and what you know what are they doing and whatnot. Uh, however, so New York did have uh, they have a they do have some restrictions. They are different from Washington's though. So New York is broken down by color codes while Washington has phases. So in Washington, you have phase one, two, and three, three being the least restrictive, one being the most restrictive. In New York, you have color codes. So red is the most restrictive, orange, you know, think danger, but not quite there. And then um, you have yellow and beyond. So There were, so if you are in the red zone in regards to a religious service, you can only have 10 people allowed attending the religious service, like 10 congregants. If you are in the orange zone, you can have up to 25 people allowed. So the thing that is different about the New York versus Washington is that it is just a arbitrary number of people. I say arbitrary because it does not the number of people is not in any way in reference to the building capacity like it is in Washington. So in Washington, if you have a building capacity of a thousand people, you can have twenty five percent or up to two hundred people in your in, in, in your capacity that can, you know, that can attend. However, in New York, they this court case talks about examples where they at least in one of the red zones that was being discussed. There were at least two different religious um, structures or structures that are being used for, you know, religious services that could they have a capacity of over a thousand people. But because they're in the red zone, they're only allowed to have 10 people attend a service. Uh, same for the orange zone. They were describing, you know, building capacities that, you know, 700 plus you know, five hundred plus and a thousand uh, in in a couple instances, but you're you're restricted to an incredibly small number of people, and it's not tied to your capacity. It's just a set number of people based on the color zone that you are currently in. And the uh, the argument uh, coming out of these cases. So it's actually um, two cases that got consolidated for purposes of this opinion. Uh, and one of the I guess petitioners is uh, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Brooklyn, New York. the other is another is an individual who is uh, or is of the Orthodox uh, Jewish faith and was essentially indicating that you know their, ability to either attend or to you know hold these services for their congregants or to attend as a congregant was basically um, being they were being deprived of their First Amendment right and that you know the state of New York did not have an appropriate basis for these restrictions and therefore it was a violation of their First Amendment right, ergo. what they were looking for, was what's called injunctive relief. So basically, they were looking for like a get out of jail free card to not have to follow these guidelines. There was uh, some some of the dissents talked about the fact that actually, you know, to some degree, the issue is is moot because the the zoning then changed and so it didn't change in terms of like that the numbers for red zone and the numbers for the orange zone that those numbers were lifted it's just that the locations where these petitioners were located they went from being a red or orange zone to a yellow zone and therefore these super strict restrictions were no longer on them Uh, however the court ultimately decided you know hey no we're going to address this because look depending on on the the covid numbers or the number of people that are going to be you know that may contact covid you could find yourself back into a red zone or an orange zone and because you know we hold so dearly these these first amendment rights uh you you, the the timing is an issue we're going to answer this question now and so they did not actually strike down uh the governor's uh Order. What they did is they essentially are granting the petition for injunctive relief, saying, "Look, while this case is going through the lower courts, which which it is, um, we are saying that essentially it cannot be enforced against you guys because it, in all likelihood, the court really has signaled that if this lands." On the U.S. Supreme Court steps at any point in time, um, they've they've signaled pretty clearly in their opinion that they do believe that uh, this is a violation of the First Amendment rights of in, in regards to um, it religious, I guess, religious religious exercise uh and part of the thing that the court hung on in their opinion was also distinguishing that really religion and not like a specific religion but that religion in general was being discriminated against because it was being treated differently than business and so that's really where a lot of the focus in the opinion was was how the order if you For example, we're in the red zone, you can only have, now remember it, if you're in the red zone, it doesn't matter how large your structure is and what your capacity is, you can only have 10 people attend. However, if you are an essential business, you do not have that same restriction on you. You you can be open. Um, And those restrictions had more to do with, like we're tied to building capacity, like how many people could come in at a time that you could be open. Whereas, all of a sudden, you go from essential business to you know religion. That now religion doesn't matter. Building capacity is cut down to a specific number, and it was basically the same argument with the orange zone. Although the court did seem to be a little bit more offended about the orange zone than the red zone, uh, simply because they pointed out that if you were a business in the orange zone, you basically got to decide on yourself how many people you were going to allow in your business, and you could. Uh, there were no hard restrictions there that that the government had imposed. It was up to the individual business. And so that definitely was a stray from how, you know, these religious services were being treated in terms of capacity and that they were capped at 25 regardless of the space that the structure um, typically would allot for. So as I indicated – All this does in New York, and really it just, it impacts New York. Does it impact the state of Washington? You know, personally, I don't think it really does, in part because the way that Washington had struck, the governor of Washington had structured his orders, um... That was tied to building capacity. It it appears that is is consistent with how business is also being treated in terms of like the number of people that can participate. And so, in that sense, you know there was no differential treatment or like more poorly treated or discrimination against. Whereas, you know, yeah, I can see in New York why the petitioners were able to make this argument and why the petitioners were able to succeed on getting injunctive relief granted. Now, they do still have a long road to go. They have to go through the various different lower courts. uh, And depending on the outcome there, this is something that may be headed back to the U.S. Supreme Court. But... They they are sitting kind of pretty if they do land back on uh, the court's docket uh, simply because uh, they had the votes this go round <laughs> and um, I just yeah I just thought it was interesting simply because as we're kind of continuing in uh, to COVID. Various different states are taking different approaches. Uh, and it's impacting all various different areas of life. So to see how people are reacting to it and to see how the courts are now reacting to it, because I am kind of a, a legal nerd, I yeah I find that stuff really interesting. So that's my two cents there on that one. Uh, but I didn't want to make it all just about law and order. I did want to just talk briefly about... Um, the verse that has been just on my heart today, so somewhat switching gears, but also in line, is uh, Psalm 71 14. As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. So, the reason why this, I think, has just been on my heart so much more is as I was always kind of putting together my notes for the show. I was, you know, thinking about, you know, the concept of worship you know the concept of you know how individuals approach spirituality how individuals approach religion you know and what it means and it means something different to to everybody and for me (laughs) kind of what has always been a cornerstone for me uh, in religion or someone's like you know why do you or what do you get out of it you know is, are common questions i I don't see have them those questions as much now in my life as I did kind of like younger like i'm like in my twenties and in college and kind of my response uh probably was never this articulate, but if I would have had the words to be able to describe it then what I would have said is it gives me hope you know Jesus didn't promise that it was gonna be easy. You know, God didn't say, hey, you know, believe in me, follow me, and I'm gonna fix all your problems. What it does, though, is it does give you hope. It gives you that hope to sustain you through those problems. That that hope that's going to walk you through there, that's going to comfort you through that, you know, that hope that will be your your guiding light as you go through life. And so, you know, that just I was going through my um, Bible, and that verse kind of popped up to me, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I I do have hope in the Lord. You know, my hope is in the Lord. And then, like I said, this whole th- worship's been on my brain a lot lately, and just that I will praise you more and more and just kind of falling in line with that and really thinking about, like, like, what does it look like to praise God, you know, and just, you know, how can I do that in my everyday and my daily life? And as we are now officially into December um, and embracing the, the Christmas and holiday spirit, you know, one of the things that I really want to – do this year with my kids is kind of talk a little bit more about the christmas story than we have in the past like and i want to be able to you know pull out the our my bible and you know read the text from the kids instead of like you know the cartoon picture book or something like that of you know the story of jesus you know they're, they're getting a little bit older now where i think that these are opportunities to talk to my children about religion to talk to my children about God and to kind of share with them, you know, hey, this is what it means for mommy. You know, it does mean hope. And I am incredibly excited for this uh, Christmas season. In fact, Elena today was uh, insisting, mommy, you got to get the tree out this Saturday. So we have in the past, traditionally done like an artificial tree just because it was faster it was easier and less mess and it's something like i could set up uh on my own i you know we didn't have a truck back then and so it was just quick and easy to do which means i have some furniture rearranging to do this weekend so uh hold a good thought for me as i start to christmify my house (laughs) and uh I'm looking forward to that, though, and looking forward to the holidays. I would also love to hear from you guys uh, any holiday traditions that you guys have or things that you're looking forward to uh, this Christmas season. So, email me at the daily grind at jen at gmail.com, your Christmas uh, traditions or stories, or you can comment on the Facebook page, the Daily Grind at Jen, or you can. Um, Find me on Twitter at DailyGrindJen. Also, you can always support and like the show by hitting that subscribe button for the YouTube channel or your the subscribe button on your podcast. As well as you can support us on Patreon. But it's a short show, folks. I am wishing you all the best, and I will hopefully be with you next week. Bye, guys.